You've got work friends, you've got best friends, and now you've got ghoul friends. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Ghoul (laughs) Friends podcast. This is take 350. (laughs) I'm Celeste. And I'm Caitlin. And we're going to see if we can get through this without coughing, sneezing, <laughs> or my voice literally just disappearing. You're way worse than I am. Yeah, I sound horrible. Um, I've been bitch slapped by another cold on top of the one <laughs> I had, so I can't catch a break from coming home. You're literally just going to annoy everybody's ear holes right now. <laughs> I know. I am so sorry. In hindsight, this probably should just be you talking because <laughs> you sound so much better. But yeah. you know what? I'm here, and you can just get over it. Well, you know, lucky number 11. <laughs> yep, it is num- number 11. That is our favorite number, our lucky number. Um, we both played sports, and we were always number 11. Yeah. And that was one of the first things we talked about, so we like that number. woo Yeah, we picked something really dark and terrifying to talk about yep. for it. We sure did. So yeah. We'll just get right into it, I guess. Yeah, because my voice is going to go out any minute now, so <laughs> hit it. <laughs> So, we're going to go to Amityville, New York. Okay. So, unless you grew up under a fucking rock, you've heard of the Amityville Horror. Okay. There's books, movies, documentaries. There's all kinds of, you know. Everything. There's a lot. About all of it. Sure. So, there's kind of a lot to the story, I guess. So, there's actual murders that occurred. And then there's the activity that happened in the house with the murders. Yep. So, there's kind of two sections and two parts of it, so I'll start and talk about kind of the scary stuff, and like what happened, the murders, the murders the that murders. happened. So, did you know, kind of, other than like the movie, have you known kind of the story of what happened, or I knew the general story. I think mainly because Ed and Lorraine Warren were involved in the investigation. Okay, yep. And I'm a huge fan of theirs. We need to do an episode just on. Them. Yeah, we were just talking about doing because that's so okay. interesting, yeah. and they're based in New England, so yeah. it's very so relevant cool. to where we live. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I had heard of. I knew about it through that, and we watched the really awful remake with Ryan Reynolds <laughs> in it, which was that was terrifying enough for me. So God. Um, I couldn't imagine the original. I would have yeah. just never slept again. But it's pretty good. I knew the general story. I didn't know as much about the after activity, like the Lutz family, which I will talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting to read about. Yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah. So um, I'll just get into the kind yeah. of murdery, gory, scary, <sighs> Buckle nasty up, shit. Kids. Yeah, it's going to be a rough ride. <laughs> so it was the eldest child of Luis and Ronald Sr. Okay. Um, his name was Ronald DeFeo Jr. Okay. Um, but he went by Butch. Because that makes total <laughs> sense. You know, coming from a family, my grandmother's eight <laughs> siblings, they all have, like, their God-given names, and they none of them go by that. There's, yeah. like, my grandmother, Elizabeth, goes yeah. by Betty. There's <laughs> Buster, but yeah. his real name is Carl. Like how? How do you use <laughs> the names? greatest one is his name is Melon. I don't know why Melon is. Talk to your grandmother about why this all like what is with your great grandparents a name like they don't have a great track record. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where Melon ever came from, but he goes by Sunny. Oh, okay, so I get it. Weird Butch. Ronald. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, but so, yeah, okay, so Butch is really. He goes by Butch. He doesn't go by Ronald. Sure. So he was born, Butch, was born September 26th of 1951. And so these times are kind of 
I don't know. There's. I guess I always thought it was a really, really long time ago, like and case. he's still alive. Like he's still yeah, in prison right okay. now. So I just. I don't know. My. I'm just pretty. My stupid, brain so process that, but go on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. So basically, he's the oldest child, and he. There's a lot of conspiracies of why he did it and how he did it, and that's. There's just so much more to it, but okay. what everybody kind of, the police and the medical examiner kind of all come together and have this one Belief kind of, of theory what of what happened is okay. he just went in with a 35 caliber rifle and popped them all. He killed his parents uh. with two gunshots each, and then his four siblings were only shot once. So his siblings were Don, Allison, Mark, and John Matthew, and they ranged okay. from the ages of 18 to 9. Oh, So they're pretty yeah. young. They're children kind of going through something that's pretty, pretty, that's pretty shitty. horrific. Yeah. So he shoots them all and within 15 minutes, but they're all face down in their bed. And the mom, Louise and Allison, the second oldest daughter. Yeah. Were found to be alive at the time of their murder because their eyes were open or awake. You mean? Yes. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Sorry. They were alive. They at were. The time. <laughs> Oh, wait. Uh, it's all right. It's okay. They were awake. They were, yes, they were awake in, while they were being murdered. Oh. So their eyes were still open when they were, were found. Open, but they were face down. Like, and so this is kind of where things That's get kind of position. weird because, well, right. And they all were like that. And so two of it's them, weird. they think that most of them were, the other four were asleep. Yeah. When it happened. But then it's kind of like weird because... There were no silencers. There were no... Okay, so his gun didn't have a silencer nope. on Nope. And they didn't... Um, kind of people speculated maybe he had drugged them and they were, like, sedated so they didn't wake up. But there were no traces of any sedatives in Okay, because obviously they did autopsies. Yep. Okay. Um, they were all just murdered, but they were all face down. That's really interesting, too. And I, the, fi- the thing that I find funny is that seems, like, first off, very ritualistic. Yep. That they're all in their beds. They're all in the mm-hmm. same position. But... Too, I mean, I've seen pictures of this house, and it looks like a large house. Mm-hmm. So how is he going from, I don't know the layout, but unless the bedrooms are, like, one beside the other in a row where he just kind of went down the line, I mean, how does he get through all of that in 15 minutes? Yeah, I don't I know. I don't know. That's It's an odd detail. There's a lot of – he tells a lot of different stories, so – I'll start with kind of what he did. So he's kind first. of unreliable. So this is around like three in the morning. Oh yeah, yeah. Like and that story obviously is why he's just like in prison right now because yeah, where he should be. <laughs> yeah. He first when he said that um, he kind of had to stay at work. He was fine, and then so he does this and goes to work. Yeah, but this was before. Like this oh, was the day, okay. before, or like the morning of before okay. he murders the murder. Okay, he's there and he's like just kind of calling his house and he's kind of telling his friends, "I did this and I went to work." And so, like the police believe he was setting like an alibi, like, "Oh, no, he uh, was here and he was there. And he okay. was doing this and he was doing that." So he, so he couldn't have done it. Like premeditation, almost. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Um, which is weird because he was only charged with second degree murder. Yeah, not capital and murder. I believe that doesn't include. Death penalty. Right. Or yeah. premeditation. Pre- right. But it sounds like that's kind of what he was doing. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he goes and then, you know, murders his family. And then he, yep. like, runs to um, this bar called Henry's Bar, which is right down the road from their house. Okay. And screams, like, I need help. It seems like my mom and dad have been shot. So, like, a group of people in the bar yeah. follow him home and they find all... 
six bodies God, that's all face down and dead. Terrifying. So they call okay. the police, and so the police take him in for protection. You're probably thinking if someone's out there, he's going to be next. Yeah, so he's just, you know, the police are just saying, you know. We'll protect you. You have to come with us. Right, but do you know of anybody that would want to do this? Um, and he gives out the name Louis Fellini. Okay. And he was an alleged hitman. Um, but then his story quickly kind of fell apart. So this Fellini guy had an alibi and proved that he was like just not even in the state at this time. Okay. So he, so that just didn't hold That goes away. Yeah. And then the next day, like the literal next day after these murders happen, Butch confesses to kill all of them. Yeah. And so he's saying a, a lot of different stories. So there's one that he said his... Him and his father never got along, and that was known between just everybody, just in general, that him and his father just yeah. had this, like, tumultuous relationship. Sure, as um, children and parents sometimes do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he says that his father was going to kill him. So it was self-defense. He was going to kill them. Okay. And then they were just like, no. But then why did you kill the rest of them? Right. Right. So then like, he goes, oh, well, then it was me and my sister Dawn... Who's suspiciously dead, too. Well, she's dead. Yep. Yep. Um, But they were conspiring to kill both of them. So they said, you know, she's going to kill the children so there's no uh, witnesses. And then he'll kill the parents. But then she miraculously ends up dead and Uh, face down in her bed. Just the same way as the others. That doesn't kind of work. So then they go for the insanity plea that he's just bipolar and... Has all these issues, and okay. the judge is having, like, none of this. He's just like, okay, no. You yeah. So the judge thinks that he did what he did on his own cognition, like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, because there was just so many inconsistencies. I mean, he had, like, four or five different stories, and, like, when sure. they stopped believing one, he was just like, okay, well, then the, this is what happened. So the judge was just like, and he hasn't, the, no judge has ever listened to, like, any parole or anything. Like, they don't have any appeals, like, just nobody's going to listen to it because he's so inconsistent. And he's done interviews with um, different shows and yeah. books. And, like, it just it changes just all always the time. is changing. Um, What's clear through any of, no matter what happened, is that he's incredibly unstable. Unstable. To begin with. Um, and kind of as this all comes out and he's kind of telling it, they he is a known heroin and LSD user. Okay. That probably so... doesn't help. <laughs> no, I've never heard that to make things better. You know, so it kind of makes sense that maybe his just recollection of all of it is very skewed and very kind of right off the wall. So, sure. Yeah. Th- I mean, like I said, he just had all these different stories and never could kind of solidify yeah. one. Right. So, you know, they some people have speculated that there were more than one. You know, there was more than one person carrying out the murders just since there was no sign of struggle for any of them. And it happened so fast. And it was so fast. And, you know, it's still kind of a mystery as to why they were all face down. Yeah, that's an interesting detail. Yeah. Interesting. So he's still in prison. He's still in prison in New York. He'll be there forever. He had, he was sentenced um, to six consecutive life sentences. So, he yeah, he's going to be in there for a good forever. Long time. Um, but he was convicted of second degree murder. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oof. Fucking crazy. So obviously a really horrible event. I mean, just an absolute 
devastating small town. Like you, it yeah. just rocked that yeah, town. Yeah, I can imagine. What do you think he was? Do you think he was high at the time, or do you I think, think he was probably. being affected by like dr- the drugs yeah. he was taking? I mean, it's kind of the middle of the night. It's kind of when, yeah, you know. I guess I'm I'm not a drug user, but right. I, I if I know or see or hear of a drug user, it's more of the nighttime and kind of they're like night people. Sure. Yeah, I think it's probably I, I personally think he probably was mentally ill mm-hmm. and the combination of that with perhaps drugs to self medicate ended up in this kind of paranoia. Because if you go through all the stories you notice that paranoia, paranoia is such a big theme. Mm-hmm. So it, my guess is it's probably this combo of paranoia his whatever his illness was and drugs that I'm thinking most likely you know maybe he right well because he said you know they were plotting to kill me and he heard voices saying they're going to kill him and so he probably was it could be mental illness sure schizophrenia where you hear voices or you know LSD (laughs) a known hallucinogen yeah that he was hearing these things but it just wasn't happening right you know and then it just kind of begs the question as to why you have to kill. Uh, you know, nine and thirteen and children, twelve and eighteen year old. Sure, yeah, children. Absolutely. Yeah. Damn. So he just straight up murdered his whole family. Yep. That is that's so sad and it's just so violent. It's tragic. It's a it's an like an absolute tragedy. So this obviously the Amityville horror is where is this the comes house from. right? The house so the that house that just all happened in is the basis for a lot of these. The movies. movies and shows and the activity yeah. that's happened. So, our how's <laughs> how's the the you know <laughs> instrument here? Are we doing okay? It's good. I may have to cough here in a quick minute, <laughs> but so far so good. Um, if I have to cough, we'll try our best to edit this out. So, <laughs> or horrible editing, I will so. raise my hand when I'm getting ready to start hacking. Um, yeah. So that's the kind of the story of what happened. Mm-hmm. And what I looked into is kind of there's you can think of it in two parts like this original story and then what happened after. Yep. So a couple of people have lived in the house as we've read. Yep. But one of the most famous uh, people that live there are the Lutz family. Yes. George and Kathy Lutz. Um, they are kind of the center of the Amityville movies. Like what happened to them is what's portrayed oftentimes in the mm-hmm. movies. So they bought the house for eighty thousand dollars, and. Isn't that because it was so, like... I think they just couldn't sell it. Just a tragic, you know... Well, yeah. Something that happened that nobody really wants to buy a house that... Right. ...is well known for that. Right, and I didn't remember to look this up before, but I think some states require you to disclose if someone has died in the home and some don't. So I don't know which one New York is, but it was obviously so well known that, like, you know, it was just... You did not know that people were murdered in the home. So because of that, obviously, kind of tough to sell. Yeah. So they bought it for $80,000. The Lutzes did. The Lutzes okay. did. And they were informed of the deaths. Yep. And kind of just said, that's horrible, but we really love it anyway. So let's buy it. <laughs> Which kind of reminds me of that Twitter thread I showed you yesterday of the woman who almost rented the really haunted looking scary house. Oh, yeah. Because it had a porcelain <laughs> bathtub in it. <laughs> like, what is this, like, chained door? Like, I know. Why to? does it only lock from the... Inside, like, or the out, I forget what it was, and why does it have 30 padlocks yeah. on it? But it has a nice rose garden, so we'll take it. Yeah, so they they know about it. They still buy it. Um, they were only there 28 days. And when I say they left, I mean, they did not just move out. They literally took their children, took their 
belonging, like a few belongings, and took off. Like, did they, they did leave, not, like, their furniture and stuff yeah, there? Yeah, they like, left everything oh. in there. I think they had to pace people to go in there and get the rest of the stuff because they refused to go back. They would oh, not go wow. near the house again. So what happened to them? What in 28 days made all this shit happen? Yeah. So they said pretty much from the time they got there to the time they left, it was pretty constant activity. Um, originally when they arrived, they did have the house blessed by a priest. Mm -hmm. Um, that wasn't a great start to the living experience because the priest said that he was yelled at by unseen voices to get out of the home. Oh, good. Which he promptly did. He did not tell them that this had happened. (laughs) He just got out of there, but he did warn them to never let any of the children sleep in the upstairs bedroom, which is my guess is where probably some of the children were murdered. Which they didn't. They didn't let, you know, that room I think was just an extra room that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all basically noticed that all of them changed while living there because George and Kathy did have children and small or younger children in the home with them. I couldn't find their names. But George always said that he was cold and he was kind of continually making fires in the fireplaces to try and keep warm. Mm-hmm. Um, Kathy actually underwent a lot of declines in her health. So, like, her physical health was affected living in the home. Oh, wow. So, she she became sick. From what I could re- read, she was a, a healthy person to begin with, but, yeah. you know, started to ha- all these weird things started happening to her. Yeah. So, this is a story of why red flags matter. Yeah. <laughs> so, they're all having things happen to them. Um, As if that's not bad enough, their daughter, who I think her name is Missy, please don't attack me if that's not her name, Um, began talking to an imaginary friend. Who she called Jody, And that's cute. We all have yeah. imaginary friends. Yeah. Only problem with that was that Jody was a demon pig with red glowing <laughs> eyes who could ship shapes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I had imaginary friends. None of them were pigs with red eyes. No, that's scary. So, Jody. Do you know how old she was? She's little. I mean, I believe she was under 10. Wow. So, she's little, little. And she's got this Jody friend. <laughs> The demon pig. <laughs> Jody the pig. Who's okay. telling her all these things, who she talks to constantly. Mm. In the movie, the really bad Ryan Reynolds movie, yeah. <laughs> the daughter, remember the daughter gets on the roof of the house and like yes. almost jumps? I think that's her and the pig was telling her to get up on the roof and jump off. Jesus. So, demon pig, not good. <laughs> not a great imaginary friend. <laughs> so, basically, you know, to try and combat everything that's happening, they tried to bring religious objects into the house you know you'd think a crucifix or the holy water um they even walked through the house reciting the lord's prayer and they were yelled at by these unseen voices that they had to stop whoa um yeah and it's interesting too because anytime they also tried to call the priest or the catholic church their phone lines would go dead (laughs) they could call anyone else but anytime they tried to call like a religious institution the phones would cut out so um folks the red flags just keep popping flying up. at this point. That's not good. <laughs> so this is all happening. Obviously, this only took 28 days to get them out of the house. Yeah, that's not long. I couldn't find a final event that, like, drove them out. But I think it was just, you know, at this point, yeah, their children are being threatened. They're being, they said doors would fly open. Furniture would move. Yikes. Kathy's having health problems. Like they Demonic just, pigs running around. Demonic <laughs> pigs are now talking and advising their children, like, <laughs> This has got to stop. So yeah. they leave. Just they pack their shit and mm-hmm. they go. Um, after this, and kind of the aftermath, they call Ed and Lorraine Warren, bum, 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 who we know they're. You do not know who they are. You will soon. <laughs> you will because we're going to do an episode on them. But 
Thayer, one of like the first really well-known paranormal investigators. Right here in New England. In New England, right. I think their old house is in Connecticut. Connecticut. Yep. That's now like being renovated and they have to move Annabelle. Yeah, I'm not going to be near. I'm busy that day <laughs> when that happens. No, thank you. Um, so, yeah. So, Ed was a paranormal investigator and a demonologist. Lorraine, I believe, is a or was a medium and a clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. So, together, they would go on to these cases. Um, obviously, like you said, most famous for the Annabelle yes. case. But they were called in to investigate. Um, and they both had very physical experiences. Ed said while in the basement with... I believe a crucifix or a holy object of some sort. He was shoved to the ground. Ooh. Lorraine suffered multiple visions while in the home and said she could see visions of the uh, the DeFeo family face down and draped in white cloth. Oh, wow. So they're just having very visceral reactions to being in the home. You know, they are very, they were very fervent believers that something was going on. Something this was not yeah. a hoax. Um, they also found out while investigating that you know, there were other families that lived there before the DeFeos, even before the house was built. Ooh. There was a man named John Ketchum who was said to practice ketchup. <laughs> John Ketchup. <laughs> Ketchum. Who practiced black magic, who lived uh, not in the house, but I think on the land. Interesting. And he was buried on the property. So one could assume that some of that energy might still be frolicking about. I, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> there was also a really famous photo that you can Google that was taken, it's called um, The Boy on the Second Floor. It's the demon eyes, right? He's, like, peeking out. Yeah. yeah. And it's, like... It's scary. It looks like a literal person Boy, is in like that photo. glowing eyes. Right. But it looks like, like, you'd never know unless you were told that's... there. No one was there when that photo was taken. Right. It looks like a person. Yeah. Just, like, the, like, flashy eyes. Yeah. Like and guys. he's never been identified. They don't know who that... Who the child is. So, basically, the... His name's Terry. Terry. <laughs> His name's Bill. <laughs> you know, he was just showing up. He wanted to see what's going on. Hey, what's up? So basically, you know, the Warrens surmise that, you know, there's just a combination of dark energy, really horrific events with the deaths of this family. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Well, it's just so funny. <laughs> I laughed. You didn't it's, laugh very hard, but I think I'm really funny. So I'm going to laugh for you because I'm funny and I am, you know, Mickey, I am me. Get over it. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> Summation, a lot of bad shit happened. Yeah, that's crazy. I definitely believe a lot of the, like, land stuff. Well, sure. Um, can definitely attribute. I've watched many of episodes of Paranormal State. Yes, yeah, son. I know what's the, up. <laughs> a lot of times, it's not necessarily the house. It's the land. Right. That's affected. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I could see that. I find it odd that, you mm-hmm. know, the family that's occupying it now, maybe they do have stuff happen and they just don't talk about it. Uh, They actually changed the number of the house as well. Oh, really? Because it was just... I didn't know that. Yeah. It It was was like 112. 112 and it's now, I think it's like 110 or something, but they obviously... To try and It's a huge like tourist attraction. Everybody wants to see it. So they... That's kind of... Yeah. You know, if you live there, that would be You don't want people just rolling up to your house. I'm going to take a look. So, yeah. So they changed the number um, and then there's just... They say there's no paranormal activity so i i don't know if i believe it or if it's you know they're maybe they're just people that are okay with it and you know what i find funny too when i was thinking about this was the fact that you know we don't we don't know who lives there now if it's a family if it's just two people or one person but Mm -hmm. it seems that this only has happened with families Families. which kind of mimic the defeo family 
you know, um, very the Lutz were a family with small children. They were Ooh. greatly affected. Maybe it's looking for a certain subset of people. Good theory. And it's like, if you and I just roll up in there, we have no kids. They're like, oh, you're good. Like, yeah. where you going? You don't have a great waterside view. Like, welcome. <laughs> it's beautiful. beautiful. It's a yep. gorgeous home. Like, that's, again, I'd be the lady in the Twitter thread that was like, oh, this is fine. <laughs> like, shit's flying around. But like, that's cool. It's okay. Because, <laughs> you know, my dining room table is going to look popping up in here. <laughs> it's going to be great. So, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of theory. I'm sorry. No, no, it's just a crazy story. It's just yeah. For like, there it definitely is two parts: the actual murders that happened, and are they connected? Maybe are they not? Maybe. Well, right, and I, I personally think it's a combo of a lot of things. I think you have this horrific murder that occurred there. I think you have these past landowners who probably dabbled in some things that left some residual <laughs> dark energy. Dabbled. So I think yeah, dabbled. We're wiggling our fingers to show the dabbling. <laughs> I dabbled in a little black magic at some point. Um, and that's what created Jody the demon pig. But, you know, I think it's just a combo of all of those things that just created this really toxic and bad atmosphere that yeah. maybe fueled these hauntings. Yeah. I don't want to go there. Thank you. I'm I'm all set on that one. Yeah. I want to watch the movie again. It was that was terrifying enough. <laughs> Poorly done movie. But <laughs> Poorly. I wouldn't know because my eyes were closed like 90% of the movie. I was like, mm, no, I'm it, good. You know, it was kind of poorly done, but well, a good sure. movie. Yeah. The original is really good. And Okay, yeah. I saw that there was a documentary. I think it was on like Annie or something. Oh, uh, we should watch um, that. Kind of, I think, about the murders themselves. Which Okay. So the Amityville movies are more on the, the activity Lutz. that, yeah, that happened Family. afterwards. Sure. I kind of just, I'm just interested in yeah. kind of butch and... What happened? Like the kind of dynamics of that whole situation. Sure, and you know what fueled like this relationship between him and his, him and his dad. dad. Like what made mm-hmm. it so bad? And yeah, and he actually does interviews with different like media outlets. Yeah, and like no judge. I think I said it earlier. Will listen to I'll listen to it. His any of his kind of new Please stories because yeah. even when he does his interviews, every story is different. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. It makes me you know again. I, Makes me almost wonder if something maybe like attached to him, mm-hmm. or or maybe he's getting you know drugs smuggled in, or yeah, whether he's Still. receiving treatment or not mm-hmm. for a mental illness. Yeah, it is interesting, or maybe it's a coping mechanism. I would imagine you know if you commit something so horrific, perhaps it's the only Worms. way your brain can function to yeah. just create these different scenarios every time. Yeah. Wow. Yikes. He looks creepy. I'm like staring at his mugshot right now, and I'm just like, yeah, he's oh. a little scary looking. Yeah. Butch. Yeah, he looks like a butch. Yeah, butch. <laughs> Sorry if anybody's listening and their name is Butch. <laughs> Sorry, we're not trying to, to uh, you know, taint your reputation. <laughs> it's like a Karen. Butch, yeah. So her name is Karen right now. I know. Like That's a big old thing right now. Yeah. Don't be a Karen. Don't be a Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good episode. This was good. I, you know, it's a well-known case, but I definitely learned a few things I didn't know. So You're I'm, sounding pretty good. You're. I think the Musinex has kicked in now. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm good. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So that is all we have, I think, for this week. Um, So we'll wrap it up. And remember that if you want to get in touch with us and ask how my voice is doing, God bless you, (laughs) um, you can either reach us on Instagram or you can reach us um, by email at ghoulfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know of anything you want us to talk about or any experiences you've had because I would be really interested to hear other people's ghost stories. Yeah. But for the meantime, and until we see you again, I'm Celeste. And I'm Caitlin. And we are your girlfriends. Cool